Now entering Nerdist.com. What's happening, weirdos? An amazing episode, an overdue episode with James Adomian, who, if you are in the New York City area, is coming to Caroline's on Broadway. You can get tickets now. I believe it's next week. Check him out. He's so, so, so funny, as you're about to learn, and so interesting, as you're also about to learn. I am also going to be at Largo, if you'd like to see me do stand-up on October 19th, and I'm also going to be doing a live workshopping of my new book, my book about God and Joseph Campbell and Rob Bell and Ram Dass and all that good stuff. If you've enjoyed those portions of the podcast, I would love for you guys, for some weirdos to come out to that show. That is November 9th. For tickets to either of those shows, go to Largo-LA.com and you can find them in there. I do also want to give a shout out to the Pete's Picks. Uh, you guys know this by now. One of them is Alpha Brain, the supplement that I take every day. I've turned many, many, many other creative people onto Alpha Brain. Always have a couple in my pocket. It's like fish food for my ideas. It's earth-grown ingredients. It's not a stimulant. It's not like coffee. It doesn't keep you awake. In fact, I like to take it before bed because it gives me trippy dreams in a good way. Uh, anytime I need to use my brain for memory, focus, concentration, communication, I take some Alpha Brain to write a script, to uh, do a podcast, have a conversation, or honestly just to kind of sit on the porch and, and follow my thoughts and try and think up new ideas. I take a couple, two, three Alpha Brains 15 minutes before. I swear by it. Love it. Have it in my car. Have it in my pocket right now. On it. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird if you would like to try it and you will get 10% off your purchase. Also, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. This is a wonderful hemp-derived CBD oil, meaning they've uh, separated and removed the THC, which is the part that gets you stoned in the hemp plant. It is not psychoactive. It is a wonderful, relaxing, glowing, happy, good feeling that I get from taking this oil. It lowers my anxiety when I'm traveling before a party. It doesn't cloud or fog up my brain, which is something I've always been looking for, something that has some of those beneficial properties, but nothing negative in my noggin. As you can tell, I'm obsessed with my brain function, and I love and swear by Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. It's the only one grown for human consumption. All the other hemp oils are made for uh, either pants or rope or to be made into oil. And if you'd like to try it, you can go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code keep it crispy. Try a Pete's pick. I somebody emailed me recently was like, Do you really take the Pete's picks? I'm like, yes. These are the products. I reached out to these companies to get you guys promo codes so you could try them. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. This is if you are hiring. What happens next? Their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else because like other jo- unlike, excuse me, unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job with ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. 80% in one day. That's incredible. No judging, uh, juggling, excuse me, emails or calls to the office. You simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. ZipRecruiter, 
the smartest way to hire. If you'd like to try it right now, you can try it for free. That's right, free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Holmes, like my last name, ZipRecruiter.com slash Holmes to try it for free if you're hiring. Go out and get into it and enjoy the wonderful James Adomian, who I mentioned will be at Caroline's on Broadway next week. Hope to see you guys at Largo. Thank you, ZipRecruiter. Try a Pete's pick. I don't know if you can hear Jed. That's Jed. <laughs> Jed's talking on the phone back, if you're wondering. Uh, enjoy this episode. Loved talking with James Adomian. Get into it. James! Domies! Old sweet Domies. Hi. Sweet as molasses. Wow, it's like you... I, just, I want to imagine that you're just always say? here. I am always here, like a teacher. <laughs> yeah. My door is open. <laughs> These are my office hours. I always go this way, if that's okay with you. Yes. How are you? How's your body? Ah, oh, fit. We're the same age. Do you have, do you see any changes? <laughs> I, have, I have. I wasn't planning on problems. asking you that. Do you? Yeah. Do you but, really? What do you mean? I mean, I, I, I in the knees. Yes, my knees. Are you good? We don't have to jump right in. Are you good? You feel good? Yeah. You're I'm happy? okay sitting in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, but you just you just you just now arrived, and uh, how are you? I'm going to compare this water to that water. Let me let me let me guess, because what kind of water is that? Tap water. You just filled that with tap water. Yes, American tap. Well, let's feel this prime. <laughs> I just saw that. I listened to I, which one's better? About the same. Can I? Can I? Can I ask you to smell them? Really? Yeah. Smell. Smell that one. That one is supposedly uh, spring water. Yeah. And I'm not even gonna. This isn't about like convincing you. Does this one? This one's tap water. Do you smell uh, chlorine? You no. might. You might really. Honestly, because sometimes you don't. They both smell like my breath. That's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> this is not. This is the bad taste. Test. You've been eating mustard and horseradish, and you can't. I've been brunching all day. You need to cleanse. Have you? Yes. Were you brunching all day? Well, I had a little nibble. A and specialty I had pancake a real you order for the table? Um, a Benedict. Ooh, what's his name? Anthony Bourdain says he won't eat a Benedict <laughs> because hollandaise sauce. Because he's against egg poaching. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I kind of took my breath away. How funny that I was! I think this I was is getting like, in. I, I was, like, I was like, I think that's funny. But you know, it took me a second. But uh, that was hilarious. Um, no, he says hollandaise sauce. There's no way to keep it. There's two things: kitchen confidential. By the way, eat it up. Yeah. The other one that I will occasionally eat are mussels. Even though he's that's you're not supposed to because they're. He says there's no safe way to cook a mussel. And, like, uh, so he had a bad muscle, and it led to, like, projectile vomiting. This is in his book, very popular book. The other thing he says is hollandaise sauce, which is basically, like, the essence of eggs and, like, the memories of cream. It's, like, very fragile is what I mean. It's whipped up ratatouille, the movie, style. And, like, you need to serve it fresh. So if it's sitting in, like, a, one of those tin bowls or aluminum bowls that only chefs have... It, he worries that it goes, uh, you know, I, quickly. I have a little uh, hollandaise sauce in, in my fridge, and I just put a little plastic over it, mostly over it. There's like a little corner flipped up. <laughs> it's breathing. It's styrofoam. It's, <laughs> it's having a relationship with the air. Here, I don't have much to offer. Would you like some tap water and hollandaise sauce? That's what it's like at your home. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a, a car. Is that is that that's something? I, that, look at what I wrote on my notes for you. 
Wanderer. You know why? <laughs> and it sounds like an insult because I, love I how... never know where you are and I never know what you're up to. And then you just hear rumblings like, James doesn't have a car. And I'm like, which is obviously fine. I mean, it's I love age. rumblings. It's a rumbling. <laughs> Word is he doesn't have a car. Yeah, but isn't that exciting? You're like a troubadour. You know what I mean? Like you're like a like a old soul. Style I walk around guy. with a guitar on my back. I can't play. <laughs> of course not. But it's, it's just, on my back. It's where you keep your ingredients. Yes, and I woo people with flowers <laughs> and flower, which mm. you keep in your guitar. <laughs> flower and holiday you song. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying is you have that like you you are living like a, a, a in my opinion by reputation a. You know, you're not like like Reggie Watts. You know what I'm saying? Reggie also, I never know where he is. You're That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just like an exciting artist type. When you see him, it's just oh, he, now it's Reggie time. And when I see and when I see you, I go, it's Adomi's time. But it might be in New York. It might be. It might be. In fact, in it will sh- be uh, in, in, next week. Are you going, Car- Caroline's? <laughs> ah, <laughs> I worked an early plug. Early plug. This might come out afterwards. I oh. hope it went well. Um, oh, Are you, might, you're, yeah. you're doing it, Caroline's. That's exciting. Yes, Caroline's. And, but you uh, float around. I mean, do you, do you? Is that on purpose? Like, because with Reggie, I'm like, oh, that's that's almost like a Burning Man's lifestyle. I, I I had a year where I didn't have an apartment, 2013, where I was just on the road and on couches the whole time, and I Very I won't Reggie. do that again. So, again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that they were talking about couch surfing. <laughs> you for a year. Meet the new couch. But you did a lot of touring. I did that. I was just on the road the whole year, and I won't do that again. I'm you on the were road the a guy lot. that figured out a lot of showers. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like some showers are like one inch this way. It's very, very hot. Especially. Summer cold. Yeah. Like if you showered in my place, you would see that you got to put it halfway. Halfway. Because all the way is going to cook cook ramen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't which do you, it. Which you might. Which as well I also try. do. Which I also. I mean, it's so cheap. You, we could. We have twenty dollars between us. Oh yeah. We could fill a tub with ramen, and boil it in my. This in sounds my like an Eric Andre party. Ah. Uh, 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 and then Sia comes out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got ramen and clowns. <laughs> I was watching your stand up, uh, in prep. You have so many funny lines. Can you? This isn't morning radio. I never do this. But you go beef. It's what's for dinner. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. We're going to uh, Pete Holmes here. Oh my god! And you can tell there's Pete Holmes in the your Wikipedia page. Uh, James Adomi, an openly gay comedian, <laughs> like just like reading it. That's what people do. I know. They do that to you too, right? The Wikipedia. You can, page. I know what question is coming because I know the order of the Wikipedia page. Uh, so it says here you were born. Get. I, I've done them in studio where you can see their eyes are just looking at the screen. It's just like I'm here. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm here with you. You realize the Wikipedia page was written by a combination of bots, <laughs> uh, fans with an agenda to plug their own thing. That's why, I'm and like, occasionally some kind of malefactor, some kind of like <laughs> bad person. That's true. My Wikipedia page has something that's kind of like mean. Some, it's like he's a vegan, but he eats hot dogs all the time. Or why would like, they know that? Know. That's not that's it's not, not, not encyclopedic information. It's just mean enough to make me feel bad, but not mean enough to make me like learn HTML and remove it. I hope that people think, think I, of you in a hundred years as some kind of like eccentric who uh, is only ate spinach and hot dogs. Yes. He's vegan until the sun goes down, and then it's just Applewood. <laughs> Applewood smoked links, baby. It was my link to the world of meat. <laughs> ah, click the link. Get 
prostate cancer. <laughs> Listen, um, tell me. Applewood oh. makes it sound okay, doesn't it? Oh, my God. They well, figured it's, out. It's Applewood. It's Appleton Wood. That's halfway to a tree. <laughs> Here's the least healthy food possible. Applewood. I was on a plane today. I've, I've never, I came, I, I, you're long overdue for the podcast. So I had this last minute thing come up. And I was like, that's why we moved it. Thank oh, you, for being you came in this morning. So I just, I just landed and came here. And then I saw it was like, uh, it was like Green Hills Irish butter. And I was like, that is such a madman move where they're like, you're not butter. You're not butter. You're Irish butter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, tell the people that it's Irish. Tell them that it's Applewood. And we'll just go, because they're telling us, that must be good. Oh, Irish butter. Right. Picturing cows on rolling hills. And I don't mean Irish whiskey drinking, staying up too late at night, getting right. fights. I right. mean Green Hills Irish. Yeah, yeah, early Irish. <laughs> like the seven, the 5 a.m. to noon Irish. Yeah. Green Hills <laughs> Irish butter. It's just butter. It's just butter. It's, just it's probably from butter. El Monte, like everything That's is. What it, well, I'm, do they send it to Ireland so they can call it Irish butter? Is that worth it? I think you can, well, Does an Irish guy touch it? You know, a lot of the Greek yogurt in the grocery store is not really from Greece. Why would it be? Doesn't that just mean a style, like French that's, bread? That's what they claim. That's their claim. Yeah. But I want it from Napolos. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of it. That's not a Nike. <laughs> If we if we gave Greece the little uh, the uh, little royalties they deserve for Greek yogurt, they would yeah. all their problems would be over. OMG, we would have the Olympics there <laughs> if they could get some of that sweet, sweet, high protein yogurt money. Yogurt. Speaking of your breath, it tastes like breath. Yeah. It tastes like bad breath. Oh, yogurt. Yogurt. I tweeted, "Have the people that eat the people that eat yogurt have they smelled it?" <laughs> Even if you like it, you can agree. Pete Holmes taking yogurt down a notch. Big yogurt. You're, you're neutral on Hollandaise. You're, you're, you recognize the dangers of Hollandaise, but you're into it. I, I could see Hollandaise. I, I'm, I never, I've actually never had it. Anti-yogurt. Anti-Benedict's, and my middle name is Benedict. And I don't like no, yogurt. It, it is? Yeah. What's Peter your... Benedict Holmes. Holmes, PhD. Yes, enjoy it. Let it in. Let it in like the air gets in that Holland. Wait, no, it's PBH. PBH, baby. Peanut butter and ham. That was the joke as a child. <laughs> PBH, peanut butter and ham. Benedict is... But you're not Catholic. No. Oh, interesting. I, I could be. <laughs> I'm, you, I'm open. Were you raised Catholic? No. Oh, okay. Why do... Is that... It just sounds because, uh, like, St. Benedict. That's I was stuff. right. It just sounds like sort of Catholic. I bet the person I was named after my, my grandfather... Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold. How <laughs> dare you. I told you not to tell me. Say that joke. You betrayed me. You should uh, play him in some kind of drunk history thing. That... We, oh, my God. I thought... I, I'd love to do that. I thought you what were saying... What a rich character to play. The, the one guy who bet wrong on the Revolutionary ah, War. Ah, there were others. He was just the most... He mouthy. was the... Yeah, he, he was... was out there, he was the mouthy piece. <laughs> mouthpiece. No, when I'm uh, like in the you know, like Val Kilmer style, I'll do a one man show about Benedict Arnold. <laughs> you know, he does that Mark Twain thing where he's, it's got to be hello. Oh, god, yes. I'm sure it's great. Val, please do the podcast. You know, what's you. <laughs> you know, what's fun is thinking sure that is great. we're at the right age where we still have second, third, and fourth acts available to us. Where <laughs> in our lives, yes, you yes. could easily you could oh, easily do the Benedict Arnold run. I think about that all the time. You ever think about like there's some of us. That in 15 years will just be in Denver. Right. You know what I mean? Which is fine. You know, I do shows around town here in Denver, <laughs> but I, I also have an art gallery, you know? <laughs> I do, I, he left comedy for an even more volatile pursuit. You know, when they legalized DMT in Colorado, I said, <laughs> I said, it's time to make a move. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Which, again, is fine. That's actually one of my questions. You know, it's interesting. What do you see as success in life? Because, again, we're the same age. And when I was young, I used to be like, comedy or bust. And now I, I tend to have a more open mind to people that might move to Denver and be like, you know what? Fuck everything. Like, why am I chasing this or this or this? Or I did that and that and that. And now I'd like to look at some mountains and, and write a memoir or whatever it might be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, what is success to you? It used to be comedy, comedy, comedy. And yeah. I think it's still – I think that's still where I've put my dues in. Yeah, of course. I don't think you're, I'm going to – You're pot committed to comedy. Yes. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to do anything that requires eating shit again or like uh, no more layer cakes. <laughs> Layer cakes of di- shit, diarrhea, shit. Yeah, well, you know the the the, the metaphor from the movie about how uh, you know it, <laughs> life is a layer cake. No, what is it's that? A, it was this. Uh, it was no, this I... um, uh, exploitation movie from Britain, from you know a London gangster movie from uh, what is the ten years thing? ago. What is it? Uh, just that life is a. The metaphor is that life is a layer cake where like you, you're there's always someone above you that's that you have to deal with their bullshit and you're and oh. and that's the way it is. You start at the bottom and you work your way up. But a layer, layer cakes cake. are delicious and delightful. I know. No, See, I, that doesn't. Yeah, that sounds like it's like stacked chicken cages and there's always a chicken above. <laughs> that you. would be a more horrifying. Yeah. approach. Appropriate but now when a guy goes, life is a layer cake, I'm like, it's delightful and fun. <laughs> and sometimes at weddings. And what is that, moose in between these two red velvets? <laughs> yeah, some of the layers are spongy cake and some of the delicious creams. <laughs> but what you're saying is it's chicken shitting. There's always someone shitting, someone on shitting down on you from above. Yes. Right, right, right. right. So I'm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do something. I'm not going to become... Uh, I'm not going to go into something where I have to put in the work as a young guy. <laughs> yes. But I could do... Isn't that funny? Do you look back and you're like, how did I do if it? If I could trick someone into being like, here's an exhibit of James Adomian's untrained artwork. <laughs> the outsider art of James Adomian. I'd be like, yeah, Is sure. There any, why? any medium that gets close to I, feeling I sketch things when I'm stoned. I know you're an artist, a visual, a visual artist. I enjoy dabbling. Yeah. I, I enjoy... I've seen some of your things perhaps framed at Kumail and Emily's house, oh, maybe? Or yeah, I did on a their painting wall. of them. On the little, it's, it's not framed, but it's a little portrait I did of them. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't do... Portraits of people. I do. I draw like little cartoony things that I think. Well, my portraits are very cartoony. Just, just, just I, to bond us even further <laughs> in the mold. Uh, so I'm imagining like a <laughs> you and I like mold? a no, like an art art collective, like a uh, what's his name, uh, Gauguin and uh, uh, Van Gogh, and uh, we could go to Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Get but they it. would just be art. They would just be cartoon paintings. I, that's all we do. I draw with paint. But you enjoy drawing. I yeah, I have a I have a little pencil and some charcoal but and I have a little pad of paper. I don't ever do anything with it. But like me, nothing gets close. I mean, you kill. You're hilarious. I saw you you did my Largo show recently and you're just phenomenal. Thank you. And Thank you. Were, I hope everybody hears that. Yes, let the this is on the radio, right? Let the radio waves carry it. I'm just saying it's so funny. I was like I said I'm watching it. So that brings me so the punchline, this goes back to morning radio, beef, it's what for dinner. Yes. It's just for beef. It's not even a specific kind it's of beef. It's just the industry beef and do you in remember, general. Do you remember the next line? Uh, God, I usually roll into it. That's it's like, like uh, oh, that's like if, so if you had an ad that was like, plates, it's what's dinner served on, customarily. It's, but this is what you said on the set. Nighttime. <laughs> it's when's dinner is. Brought to you by the American Council of Daylight Savings. It's Wednesday dinners is. And he also said plates. 
It's what dinners is on. Yes. Like, so, yeah. that killed me. And then you, it was a set, a set you did in Montreal. You also do this George W. Bush impression. Those are the old days. Did you I, know know it's the, I know it's the old days. So did you know me back then? No. Let's get into how we met. But I do want to compliment the joke because you're doing Bush, and it's a very good Bush impression, and your Bernie is very good. But it's, it's written really well. Like, who cares? I think you know. Who cares if you do a perfect impression? The thrill. One should write the joke. It's like those flavor, Listerine flavor strips. It's like, wow, that is cool, man. Then it's gone. Right. If it's just like, oh, but then the jokes must be there. And you have, you go, <laughs> you say something about George W. Bush and you use the word beliefful. It's just oh, I'm, so... under, I'm understandful. <laughs> ah, I'm homo American. Yes, yes, yes. And they're and that he service. called he called gay people homo Americans. And they're beliefful. I'm fully understandful that there's homo Americans out there. I remain confident in my own steadfast. <laughs> and then you said, "May God bless you to death." God bless you all to death. <laughs> he, he was. It was so because I used to do. Um, it's so close, right? But it's just wrong. It's yes, like, it's like seventeen yes. o'clock. It's it, just a little bit wrong. It, it was a little bit hard, but then <laughs> once you figured it out, it was so easy. Because I used to do George W. Bush back in the old comedy death ray days and stuff, and I would take questions from the audience. And what I figured out was it's like anti Groucho Marx. Or Groucho Marx would say the wittiest thing, the yeah. correct pun, and make a joke out of something. It's George W. Bush. All you have to do is think of any saying and get it wrong. <laughs> but it's not that easy. Yeah. Some brains can't do that. I think you just asked your own question. <laughs> and so once, once you get into like what it is, then it, it just writes itself. Right. Because there's an infinite number of sayings out there. Right, right, right. We met at, correct me if I'm wrong. I have a couple of fun James Domi uh, memories. One is we met at uh, Veselka. Do you remember? Is that a restaurant yes. near UCB Chelsea in New York? It's near UCB East, really? uh, which didn't exist at the time. It's we, on like 9th and 1st or 2nd. Was this a show that TJ and you and me were no, on? No, it wasn't a show. It's, it's just like a Polish like uh, like egg and sausage joint. Okay. And it's very well lit, and it's open. I think it's open 24 hours. And you were in town, and I sat down with you, and you had just that day auditioned for SNL. Or you were about to. Oh, wow. This and, is a long time ago. <laughs> very long time ago. And that's when we met. And I remember it really stood out in my mind because I was quietly – I'm not an impressionist. I enjoy impressions. I like doing them. I like doing them with others. So it would have been maybe the second time I auditioned, like in 2008 or something or something That sounds like about that. right. Yeah. Yes. Second time. Yeah. So I'd love to hear about that, but like, <laughs> what it was was yeah. Let's talk about it. But I, but what stood? It's actually a compliment because I know obviously you didn't get it. <laughs> it's not like let's dig up this wound. <laughs> but what what stood out and was was a, a lesson and impressive and still worth sharing was that we're eating eggs and again I, I'm I love that we were just so we're eating eggs. We're eating eggs. It's an egg and we're eating sure. eggs. James is riding a high that was not to plan out. <laughs> Sitting in the it's sitting in the East Village, eating eggs, I, James uh, chasing a dream that was soon to be dashed on the rocks of the shore. For the, for the second time. For the second like. time in his life that he'd never recover from. Anyway. 
No. But like Seth Rogen came up and you just did Seth Rogen. You didn't know me. I probably was with TJ. Oh, yes. Who knows? You might have been offended. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I meant. The yeah, I'm like, here. <laughs> I don't know, like, like, people say I look like him. It's like, great. Wow. It's like, I'm like, still like pot. Like, where was it? Like, yeah. <laughs> but you did it. And you did it just like you did now. This makes more sense. We're on a podcast. But like, just confidently and kind of like, I know we're going to die. What was that? Just like we're- someone just dropped a big comic book. That was the, <laughs> that was the the new complete volume of the Little Nemo. <laughs> All the Nemo's. it's a two ton, the yeah. very big Nemo. Yeah. Uh, you you said uh, you did it, and, and I was just so impressed. Like impressions are vulnerable. Any like I, I say this anytime I have somebody on the podcast that does impressions. It's like any schmuck can tell if they're close or not. So it's hard to do them. With confidence, because even my mother might go, that doesn't sound like Harvey Keitel. <laughs> oh, God, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But I was very in- inspired. So maybe it was before your what, – what, tell me what happened. What is your, what is your history with SNL? Well, um, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Is this sore? What does it matter? They're no, not, it's not they're sore. Not gonna, I just, they're I not going to hire I'm, you now. So. They're not going to hire me now. Yeah. I mean, maybe I mean, I know a lot. Daryl Hammond style? <laughs> Do you get no, that? A I'm lot? not going to be on the show. You, I, I'm the I'm the hope fairy. I'm, you might be. Uh, i they're my competitor. Um, how's that? They do the same thing that I do. You mean to with, a lot of publicity with Bernie and, well, and yeah, well, a everything. lot of different things. Yes, and um, what I do manages to be known without ever having a TV show. So uh, right. I'm sort of like um, competing against a baseball team, and I'm just a guy with a baseball bat in the parking lot. That's Is great. How it feels. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry that that's occurring, but that's a, what a, how well put. Because um, this happened when I interviewed Anthony. By the way, I didn't realize. That when I was like, what do you think of like SNL and all that, that he might be like, hey, those guys are kind of in my area of competition. Uh, you know, yeah, we both know a lot of people who've been on the show and are, and, and are now. Right. Uh, and I'm sure you do too. Right. Of course. Sure, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you do shows and then somebody, somebody gets on the show as a writer or uh, uh, on the cast or whatever. And I've known people on SNL for 10 or more years. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm never going to be on. Uh, I don't think the people at the top at that uh, place like me. <laughs> Did, um, how were your auditions? Uh, fine. But, um. There wasn't anything where you were like, fuck this. Like, there no, was no. Jerry Maguire moment. Um, fine. And, you know. Nerve wracking? Uh, Take me through maybe the, like, maybe the, the first the, time. The first one you went in. Yeah. And where were you in your life that you got that call? Just, just as much about SNL as it is about your life. Where were you? Uh, I was 25. Yeah. I was doing both Groundlings and UCB because UCB had just opened. Yes, improv and sketch shows. And uh, doing a lot of stuff. Doing George W. Bush. Uh, I think he just asked you. All over right? town. Yes. Ah! And doing my Vincent Price character, Maximilian Blanc, and I had all these other impressions I did. Like, I think Paul Giamatti is one of the ones from the old days. And, Jack! Uh, yeah, you know what? Just uh, a real sack of butter. Billions. Bill, potentially billions of dollars. <laughs> potentially made billions pop. So good. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not just impressions. You have a, a golden mind. Your Honor, did you fuck my wife? <laughs> 
Um, but will you please say potentially billions of dollars? We're talking about potentially billions of dollars. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> you made it weird. <laughs> There's a sting for the. Stick around to a couple of stings for us here. You made a weird podcast. <laughs> I think potentially millions of dollars. Is in the, the, Melissa Villanueva did this, and she she would say, "Check out these nuts." And it just as a squirrel, it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> potentially millions of dollars is, is uh, apparently a phrase that will always make me laugh. We've so when I'm dying, please come in and just go potentially billions of dollars, and I'll laugh so uh, so hard. We'll both be old men; it'll be fine. Um, we might be in our sixties. True. What it's, do a ru- mean? it's a rough life. <laughs> That's true. Um. Yeah, I was 25 when I auditioned for SNL the first doing time. Doing Groundlings, doing UCB. Yeah, and did these I, was, I was recommended by a lot of people, I think. And um, Did uh, you do a showcase where they, they came and scouted you? No, you do it at the goddamn studio in front of uh, the panel of judgments. You did it at 30 Rock. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. how did they, you just got recommended. I think so. That's okay. And um, Because you were killing it. Yes, and then so the, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exciting. You know the audition. I, I think I was the first one that they saw that year. First person. I was the first audition that year. Really? Yes. You took the bullet. I took the bullet for SNL audition. <laughs> yes. Curse this Adomian name. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, if it was in alphabetical order, that would have been the worst. Was anyway. Uh, yeah, it went fine, but you know, I, I found out. Later, uh, because I know a lot of people who've worked on the show and stuff. I have eyes on the Everyone, inside. like lots of people have come up and told me like, here's what happened. Or like, here's, I looked, I figured it out. I and, looked up I, the file. Here's what people say about you there. I, um, yeah, and by the way, everybody I know who works on that show is like a Humphrey Bogart character. <laughs> but the, the but um, I, I did a show the next night at UCB for the Del Close Marathon that killed, crushed. It but was, wait, what did they say happened? Well, I mean, it's, it's oh, the way of saying it. So the night after the audition, I did this showcase at UCB uh, for Del Close Marathon. There was like a panel show with Matt Besser, and I was George W. Bush. And no one was doing George W. Bush in 2005. It was this gap mm. in between Will Ferrell and Frank Kelly. <laughs> Frank Kelly <laughs> and um, no one was doing it. And yeah. I mean, I was doing it, but I was 25. Nobody, I, would, I didn't rank high enough for anybody to care about me. And, uh, Wait, did you really think you just were too young to do it? In some ways, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, in some ways, yes. Well, you know. I get it. There's a layer cake. And when you're 25, people are like, well, no, you got a few more, few, more, few more years to go. We need this hollandaise in the fridge a little longer. But the showcase killed and crushed. And a couple people from SNL, Amy Poehler and uh, Horatio Sands were on it. And they were like blown away. They were like, oh, my God, I can't wait for you to be on the show. And no, they, they went and fought for me to be on the show. And other people were like, well, no, we don't want him. And so it was, I didn't get it. But there, it, was like a, it was like an argument. Um, so, yes, I've, I've, I've come to understand that. And I don't think, I think this There sec- is a compliment there, though. I guess so, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I got a lot of near misses in this career, baby. Yeah. And I, and I feel for that. I, I know that that's not easy. But um, there is, and I'm not just silver lining. Two very funny people thought you were the shit. Yes. So you are the shit. I yeah. Like a like a strange ship. I mean, I'm a I'm a certain by. breed of shit. I guess. Shit. <laughs> I'm a certain. What do you what what kind of shade of shit do you want? <laughs> I want light, so light brown that you're worried something's Sounds wrong. Sounds like a hollandaise sauce. <laughs> it's gone bad. <laughs> or maybe like a like you've been eating a lot of beets. 
All right. Like, you know, I, I, I had some beet juice with lemon and ginger earlier today, and I loved it. And it's funny you bring that up. There's going to be evidence. Nothing beats the beet. Nothing beats the beat. Drop I, the beat. I do think sometimes that a career I could get into would be Fine. doing ads for things. I, I have a long list of things I wouldn't advertise, but that if it was just produce or a vegetable of some kind, like, yeah, I could do ads for, like, beets. <laughs> They're red. Get into them. What are you wasting time for? <laughs> you know, it's where we get most of our sugar from. Beets? Yeah. Really? This- most, most refined sugar is beet-based because it's cheaper wow. than uh, sugar, sugar cane. cane. Yeah. I- sugar cane. Hey, sugar cane, top me off. <laughs> An old guy at some old guy bar in yes, Burbank? Yes, hey, sugar cane. You know how all the bars in Burbank are for old guys? Yes. Hey, sugar cane, you want to ride in my Cessna? Yeah. And you're driving by and you go, Mr. Belding does karaoke there. The, the, <laughs> the kind of place that still has Bob Hope's table, even though he's dead now for many oh. years. If he ever shows up, his table's here. Hey, Sugarcane, who's at Bob's table? <laughs> hey, Sugarcane, make me a bromo. <laughs> you are a slow gin fizz. Oh. What, were, oh, what wouldn't you advertise? That's interesting to me. Oil companies. Yep. Banks. Yep. Uh, the worst. The worst. The of, worst things. Yeah, the worst things. The worst of us. I, ironically, I would, I would go, I would jump in full force to advertise alcohol. <laughs> A lot of people have a problem with that. I do not. But what if uh, you know? It's interesting. As, as somebody, this is, I'm only bringing this up for the point. I don't. We don't need to talk about it. I'm vegan, but then I think about this all the time. Like I'm vegan, but I shop at places. So, so I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast recently, but they were like, "Why isn't crashing like a vegan set? You're vegan, and don't you not want to pay for all this meat? But you have you're responsible for all these people. Exactly. And then I said, "Well, how far are we going to take that?" Yes. Am I going to follow them home and make sure the money I gave them, the production gave them, isn't spent on meat? And then am I going to stop going to Starbucks and getting an almond milk latte because they also sell eggs? And right. Dairy? You know what I'm saying? So like, at a certain point of time, at a certain point, you're de- there is a fizzy boundary between your decisions and other people's decisions. Fizzy. But then, like, if you found out that Smirnoff, you know, was owned by some Exxon, Exxon. Ah! It's just very, uh. very filtered Valdez oil. <laughs> That's all it is. Well, they've been, they've been clean. It's better than on the Pelicans, isn't it? But you don't have an ethic. I, I don't see. I would advertise alcohol, and I know that it's a fucking demon for people in my family, but I enjoy a nip. Yeah, I like I, I, the, My I, drive from the airport was so tense, I almost had a glass of Chardonnay before this conversation. <laughs> so. Did you have an Uber? It was a it was a car service because it was for a thing, so they ah, set it up. They had this, yes, they set and it up. The guy, I just, I he Cla- was, yeah, four star class one auto service. If you take the number of miles we're traveling, if you are switching lanes more than that many miles, that's too many lane switches. I I love that you quantified it. I never thought of it that I just, way. I just did it now on the fly because, like, sir, I'm not pregnant. And my water didn't break. Like, let's fucking calm down. <laughs> The diff- anyway, I'm now being, I imagine you in a in a Benny the Cab Roger Rabbit style ride from the airport. I've always thought- slow down, Mac, with your jokes <laughs> blowing out the window. Ah, I can't believe you brought me back there because I relate to that. Is alcohol your vice? We've been drunk before. Yes, I like drinking. I don't drink as much as I used to. Um, I, I, my, I, my boyfriend 
You're a very good-looking boyfriend. Drinks, he is, and he drinks, <laughs> but he drinks a lot less. And I was already sort of getting older, and I can't handle the same hangovers that I used to. Yeah. Um, so it's just sort of sort of quietly slowing down. You know those pros that are like, I don't smoke when I drink anymore, and it's like, oh, well, that's good, yeah, you know, getting healthy. And they're like, no, nah, I just can't handle the hangovers. Like, they're just pros. Like, right. Every decision they're making isn't for health or longevity. They're just like, it's not worth it. There's a certain – I really am starting to appreciate one drink more than I ever could have when I was like 20, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When a normal amount of drinking was a bottle of tequila. Right. Is that true? Yes. You really went for it? Oh, I, I could drink a bottle of tequila, a bottle of wine. I mean, that's how I drank when I was – A bottle of wine very different from a bottle of tequila. Yeah, true. Right. And, and, and <laughs> it's worth sampling the different high. <laughs> but I mean, now I like to have like a drink yeah. and really feel how it is yes. and then maybe have another one. Right. And if I'm doing a show, I generally feel like I drink as much as the audience is drinking – in aggregate, if it feels like the audience on average has had like two drinks, I'll have like two drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know what you mean because I've again, I'm sorry to keep mentioning that we're similar age, but we're about the same age, mm-hmm. and I'm just getting to that point where I'm like 28. We're 28. Stop. I have like a drink, and then I hear the voice. I never used to hear him. I hear the voice in my head that goes, uh, "This is great. Let's keep this going." And now I hear another <laughs> voice that goes. Yeah, but we're going to have like 12 more drinks. And does it really get better than yes. the feeling of the first drink? And also, I'm. It w- doesn't. You think more cake is good because you're a child. One piece of cake was great. I'm going to have a whole cake. The best high, the best alcohol high is to have like one or two drinks and just kind of keep that going. Yeah. Keep that maintained. Yes. I knew kids. Because are- drunker than that, you start. Not, like Buddy, t- saying the wrong thing, tuning out of a conversation. What you just said I, when I, you know, I wrote on a couple TV shows, so I knew people that went to Harvard. Like I finally got to work with Harvard grads. Yes, and they, they would they, say things like they that. allow if you get <laughs> if you make it enough in Hollywood, they unlock the door to Harvard people. And ah, you get to you get to I see was with all these Yaleans, uh, but they would be like that is the name of the game is you want to stay in the area of two drinks by micro dosing alcohol. Through yeah. the night, but you start with two quick drinks, then you microdose the rest of your evening. But I, I have a problem. No, I don't. I have a problem. No, I mean I have a problem stopping because I do have that part of my brain that goes, if something's good, do a lot of it. I do too, and I still have nights like that. I, and it is, it's with certain people I know. Really, I mean, <laughs> you have scumbag friends that drag well, you down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but because I, 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 I mean, I, I, we we work in nightlife, so yeah. I know like a we range like of people. <laughs> On the disco. Well, you know you're in trouble when you start going. I don't drink much compared to my company. To compared to (laughs) my fat drunk friends. My fat drunk friends. (laughs) When I look at my fat drunk friends, and I'm like, well, I'm not as bad as these idiots. I will say also, I drink more in New York and Chicago than I do in L.A. Of course, (laughs) because you can't. That's how it works there. Yes. That's you show true. you get you you sh- in New York, you go from JFK, you check into your hotel, and then you go to your bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just stay there for the evening. Yes, for me it's the creek in the cave. Is that true? Mm-hmm. L I C, baby. Yes. And then you can do comedy shows. Do you perform on the booze just a little bit? Oh uh, yeah, I, and I I don't like That's to funny. be wasted. Yeah. I like to have a drink. Yes, because um, you are nice and. Nice and loose. What a strange I thing. I feel but, like I'm here telling stories, and yeah. like I don't on I'm, stage. Yes. Yeah. If if it's a um, if it's a daytime show, I won't always have a drink. Or if it's like a if if the venue doesn't sell alcohol, I won't have a drink. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, in That's general. That's so funny. That's like talking to your doctor. It's like, you know, if I go to a place where there's no alcohol, I won't drink. I feel like doctors are very generous to even take comedians as patients at all. That's really funny. <laughs> we are uninsurable. All right. So, so you say you do cocaine twice a year. So you're doing cocaine four times a year. <laughs> they know to double everything. They know to double everything. That's hilarious. All right. So last week we needed cocaine. Was it good or bad? <laughs> are you a coke person? Uh, I, I, I dabble in it. You dabble? Yes. I, I have, I, I've always been terrified. Never done it. Once or twice a year. You don't need to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it wouldn't be pleasant for the, me. The, the trick. The, whoa, at, drugs. I'm looking for the, I don't do I that. Like, I like the, what do you do? Well, you want to. Read I, a book? Uh, I'm not teasing. It's, it's, I'm, it's I made for curious. the 4th of July or New Year's Eve. That's the only time it's appropriate. Yes. I hear that. Um, Where you want to be very, very alert and vigilant. But actually, it's but been like I, a year and a half since I did it. I don't you I I guess I'm like I don't like thinking about my heart in general, but I was raised to believe that cocaine makes your heart explode. It does. I mean, that's why you don't do it. That's why you you're not supposed to do it. But some of the best time is your life, I have to imagine. No, it's no? kind of a nasty. It's a nasty thing. It's just very. It's a seductive drug. It's it's like powdered confidence, right? Uh, yes, and you know the thing about the thing is if you're. You, you you can be on cocaine and be like, I figured it out. I figured it out. I'm going to start the YouTube channel and the podcast and the TV show. This time it's going to work. And right, then the next right, day, right. the all... next day, it's just like, I have to make myself eat something. Yes. It's like, do you remember Adaptation? Oh, uh, yes. Where he kind of, because I, I run manic. Like, I go very high. And that's when I get a lot of shit done. It's almost like free cocaine just generating in my brain. And he, and he kind of has one of those moments, rarely. And then he'll, he'll he's recording. And he's like, the movie opens and then blah, blah, blah. and then right. it cuts to him the next day listening to it, and he's just like, and it's insane. Uh-huh. Oh, right. He's actually kind of right. Like his ideas are good, but I know, even though I haven't done cocaine, I know that feeling of being so high where I'm like, I just last night was like, I have a great idea that I'm going to do with this person and this person and this person, and then like two hours later, I'm like, glad I didn't tell too many people about that because I don't know if I want to follow through with that. Right. And it's a, it, I feel like it's a certain feeling that I don't get much anymore of like, I want it to be a full moon. I want it to be a party. It's, <laughs> you know, it feels like it's going to go all night anyway. And I just don't, I have less and I have fewer and fewer nights like that yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, another thing too is, I'm, you know, uh, I, I found out that 37 is actually exactly the median age <laughs> in the really? country. So yeah, I'm like exactly middle aged at 37. And I'm over, I'm over the hill. Well, you know, that's because the life expectancy isn't really, it's what, what, what is that, uh, 74 right. for men. 74. So, um, or, so right or at least in, in Los Angeles, maybe, I don't know. But, uh, well, you know, oh, T- Tom Petty dies and he's 66 and you're like, oh, shit Yeah, it can happen. Dick. Shit on a dick. But I think, uh, you know, also as I get older and have more projects and things are working, <laughs> things are working and I'm not just living from like week to week with like heavy parties in the schedule. Like, uh, I have to, you have to think, and I'm sure you do too, you have to think in time scales that were unimaginable in your early 20s. What do you mean? Like, I have to think, like, all right, next March, I'm going to be doing this and this and this and this. Like, I'm like, all right, if I have this TV show and then maybe the cartoon works, then in a year from now, I'll be doing this and this. Right. And you, I, I have to think so far like in the a future. Long game. Yes. It's a long game. Yes, that I can't, like, there's fewer mornings and days that I can afford to fuck off for some hangover. Yeah, which is funny because we kind of got into this to fuck off yes and then it 
it yeah. got serious. Yeah, it got serious all of a sudden. I never thought I would be like, what's my January 2019 look oh. like? You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. That was an exaggeration. But I, now we're so ahead of ourselves. I'll tell you what your January 2019 is. It's probably Zanies or Acme <laughs> in Minneapolis. <laughs> You do the run, baby. You do the run. You and do the you, snow run. And you do a lot. You've done a lot of touring. I have done a lot of touring. I mean, you have too. I mean, a fair amount. For some reason, your troubadour reputation makes me feel like... <laughs> I mean, you lived on the road for a year. Yeah, but Did that was like, like the it? peak was, of it. I didn't you really... look back on it romantically, or was it just a beat? Well, that's what made me move back to L.A. Because I was not... I was busting my ass, making just enough money to come to New York and waste it all in rent. And then I saw you were living in New York. Living in New York, and then so then 2013 was my bright idea <laughs> to be like, I'll cocaine give, induced. I'll give up. No, uh, I'm not teasing. It just sounds like something. It'd be like, I'll live on the road. Well, it just kind of happened where it was like, yeah, I'll give up my apartment and I'll just live off the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so it was to cut down expenses and try to save money. So and it, it was makes sense. It just, I mean, it wore me out. Yeah. I was exhausted. And so by the what end of it, I was like, I've got, I got a, I came to LA for a, a TV project that didn't end up going anywhere, but it moved me back to LA. Right. Was it, am I right in assuming that you were like, the, I need to swing for something big that'll like keep me um, off the road? Well, the thing is, even when I was living in New York, all, all the big, <laughs> all the big, uh, television prospects were always in LA. Mm. Um, all cart all cartoons are made in Burbank, basically. Yeah, and I do a lot of cartoons, and more and more since I moved back here. And um, uh, aside from that, like the, you know, just the, the right place to be for TV. And right. I was working on a TV show with Scott Ackerman that didn't go anywhere, uh, which I came back to LA for. And I just you know, there's been other opportunities since I was here. Right. But I feel like even when I was New York in New York, I was visiting LA frequently. To do TV stuff. Right, 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 right. New York, there isn't as much. I feel like it's a, a late night and a daily show in an SNL town. And right. maybe like back in our day, Rescue Me, maybe you'd be on Rescue Me or like a NCIS or something or CSI. I don't know. I can keep dreaming. Yeah. This is, we talked about being artists. That's really the second swing I want to make. What? The NCIS Yeah, circuit? the drama. TV drama. Former comedian James ah. <laughs> You could have that gravity, though. You have a Robin Williamsy thing going. You know, I have. I'm in a. Um, Where I'm I would, in, I would be compelled by you as like I could see you. This is a strange compliment as a villain. You know what I mean? Oh, I can't wait to be old enough to play real villains. Yeah, I'm. I'm treading water. Like five, maybe ten years from now is when yeah. I can start really playing. I think you'd be great as a villain. Yes. I. I this well, is I've a been doing. I've been doing you know. Sebastian Gorka now lately, uh, the former that? Trump administration guy who is oh. like a crypto Nazi, and um, he's he's this sort of like stupid. He's from Hungary, but also London, and you don't know he's lived in America for perhaps twenty years. And he's, ah! He's just like a James Bond villain, and I've been playing him, and I'm like, if I was a little older, I could play a guy like that in a movie. You know? uh, yes, I felt that way my whole life. I was like, when I'm 35, I can be a cop, and no one will laugh. And now we, you know what I mean? Uh, instead of the sketch show cop where the uniform doesn't fit right. Buddy, I was watching The House, and, and uh, our, our wonderful friend uh, Rob Hubel, who is amazing in it, but even because I know him in a cop uniform, I'm just like, you're no cop. You know what I mean? Uh, right. I've, that's just that movie for me because we we know so many people in that movie, which is a strange. Life I have many there. memories of like uh, like low budget live sketch show 
yes. cop characters yes. where you basically find from Hollywood toy and costume. Yes, of course. A plastic billy club and somebody has like a blue shirt yeah. and like a, a terrible little plastic badge. And they're this like, this sketch is under arrest. <laughs> ah! <laughs> What, what have you? What do you remember? Any great lessons you learned about sketch and improv? Not easy things. I, I I still collect little tidbits. Well, I don't know if it's lessons like you should do it this way or do it that way. But I did learn that there is a, um, there's a difference between. I don't know if this is taught anywhere, but there's a difference between doing a sketch where there's a fourth wall and it's theatrical and lights up. There's characters in an, in their own world talking to each other on stage right. versus. There's a character at the show acknowledging he's at a show, talking into the microphone, talking to the audience. Right, right, right. And Which is, you do a lot of those. I do a lot of that because I started out doing improv and sketches that were in their own world on stage. But then I started getting booked on stand-up shows before I did stand-up. Yeah. And I would get booked to do a stand-up show. And it's like... What do I do? It was treated like stand-up. It's like, well, you got 10 minutes. Uh, right. And you, you, there's a microphone. And so I, I had to... I had to quickly learn how to do presentational stuff like a stand-up bit, but in character. Right. Where it's like, you know, hi, I'm Gary Busey. I acknowledge that I'm here in the room. Right. And here's a number of acronyms to deal with what I feel about you, ma'am. <laughs> Masculinity always asking m- madams. <laughs> Technically, that's an acronym inside of an acronym. <laughs> always asking madams. Um, so that that's perfect. You kind of blended superpowers. Yeah. You were very good at sketch, and now you're you saw the opportunity to branch out. I did sketches in stand up spots at shows. Yeah. And then um <laughs> and then I was like <laughs> at a certain point I just cut out the middleman and I was like, tired of these costumes. Yeah. Well, just, just, pic- just picture me in a cop uniform. Yes. Let me do a character for two minutes. You get it. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. need to, to go do the change in the bathroom. And people do get it. Yeah, absolutely. So you uh, 2025. 2025. 2025. Blade Runner 2025. We're now hunting down comedians. It's uh, No, I'm going back to your first SNL. You don't get it. Oh, 2005. How did you respond to that when you were 25? Uh, I had stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Where were you living? I felt like they, and I, I don't want to get, I don't know how much I want to get into this, but I felt like they had a little sticky fingers about some of the stuff that I showed them in my audition. Sure. And so that's been a sticking point. It's a long time ago. Sticky finger point. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, so it was, it wasn't just like, well, that didn't work. You were kind of like, Hey, I didn't like Yeah. You see something that you brought to the audition show up on the show and it feels, it feels, it's a unique bad feeling where, where somebody of great power went, we don't want you, but we want that thing you did. Yeah. And we're not going to give you money or credit you. We're right. just going to take it and give it to someone it's else. A, it's a large-scale version of I went into an audition, I riffed a lot, and then yes. those lines ended up in the script. That happens all the time it all over happen. Hollywood. Yeah, sure. And I think that show uh, in the past and maybe now still has a problem with that. Um, sure. I would, but there's, what can you do? The, the union has better things to do. <laughs> Yeah. The unit doesn't know how to police any of that. And how would you? Um, the only way you can get back at people is being famous enough to write a bitchy memoir. <laughs> James Adomian. Let me tell you, memoir. set the record straight. Yeah. Well, yeah. we. we um, Setting the record gay. I'm, <laughs> that's not bad. Oh, I think that would be terrible. It is pretty bad. <laughs> but mem- memoir titles are supposed to be bad, like Naked Came I, uh, Will There Ever Be a Rainbow? Can you, can, can you write a memoir too soon, Pete Holmes? 
Too soon. No, just please, but also release it too oh, soon in your life. Yes. <laughs> Homeschooled. Oh, oh, wow. Homes for the holidays. Homes for the holidays. I mean, these puns have already been done. I. Uh, so that Bill Murray Christmas special, nobody will laugh at this. Did you see it? It was on Netflix. I did not. He's looking at his cue. I love Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. He's looking at cue cards so much in that special. I'm like, he doesn't know dashing through the snow <laughs> in a one horse open sleigh. Like he's like dashing through the snow line, oh. one horse open sleigh. Bill, just, was it intentional? Listen, people that have seen the special that are listening, some of them snickered. <laughs> and that's okay. Let's go back even. By further. the way, Pete edited that in. What that? <laughs> that one line, a little disclaimer. Ah, you weren't there for that. Yes. <laughs> by the way, uh, some people. Oh, that would be the best podcast host. Be like, by the way, James didn't really get this riff, but I think it was good. We dropped it in, <gasps> sabotaging the guests. People should do more of that, like a live commentary on a podcast. Oh yeah, podcasters commentary. Ugh. It's a separate track. That Too comes out. many things. You, I was interested in the idea that you, you had a bit about being in – I know it's an old bit – being in the closet on the football team. How long were you in the closet? Into high school? Yes. When we didn't, did you... We didn't come out back in those days. I mean, I think you were <laughs> – We yeah. – Representative James Adomian. Uh, I, I feel it now things are so much different Where than, than I was in high school Los 20 Angeles. years ago in L.A., yes. And, um, but even in L.A., I, 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 I don't want to stereotype even positively. You'd think it's L.A., well, yeah, always been a little bit no. more progressive. I mean, yeah, I mean, g- g- go to the valley. It's not different. It's different than it is here in Hollywood, right? And so, did you see people that came out as gay to bad effect, or were you just more like all the gay kids at my high school? Sort of like we're like, I'm not gay, guys. I'm not gay, right? Or and you followed their lead, uh, yeah. But also, I have I have always had a. <laughs> A deep voice, and I was an athlete. Right. I did theater, and I did choir. And I also was an athlete, and I had a deep voice. And so it was kind of ambiguous, and I right. could keep it a secret fairly easily, right. which some people don't have that luxury, and it's much harder for them. Right. But, like, um, I came out in college, and it was not easy. Really? Still, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Still yeah. in college. It was, uh, yeah, it was like... High school painful, Ridiculously... Huh? High school? Painful. In love hard. With, in love with Yeah, people? yeah, and you couldn't say anything. No experiences? No experiences in no, high school. No moonlight beach jerks? I'm not even trying to be funny. I know, but I, was, I watched that, and I was like, that would have been nice. <laughs> right? I watched it. You know, I'm a straight person, but I was like, just anybody seeing somebody else is nice. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a hand job on the beach. It's just like, where were the people in junior high that go... Pete, James, whoever, I see you. There you are, like old souls, elevated I, people. I, I, I don't know how much. I know it's a little bit different now. I, I know there's still people who are forced to be in the closet by the way they're the beliefs they're brought up in, or sure. just the well, that's my community. The me, me too, or the um, forceful opinions of their family or whatever, which is a overlapping situation, right? And um, but I think you. Unless you were, unless you were with a, came out of a really liberal, tolerant family, or you're like young and from like the newer generation, most gay people were tortured. Yeah, 
um, for a certain amount of time. And it's internal. I'm and you and or you external? react in crazy ways. And so I have to I have to try to always remind myself with gay people, lesbians, transgendered people, and um, got, bisexual people have a particular onus. I think and, uh, they have a. a a, a lot of oppression they face from all sides. Right. They're the only group that gets like open jokes where it's like, hey, <laughs> twice as lucky to get a date on a Saturday. <laughs> right. Like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just yeah, allowed. You to don't do- exist. Oh, exactly. Um, oh, so you're just indecisive. Right. No, that's actually doubly decisive. I always have to, and I, you know, I have to remind myself like everybody's gone through their own fucking gauntlet of hatred or sure. uh, just a, unnecessary what's, difficulty. What's well, funny, you have those wonderful bits where you talk about how beer commercials alienate gay people. And I was like, they also alienate just like guys like me. Someone who's not. We're watching the Super Bowl for the commercials. Right. You know what I mean? That I'm like, that's Be awesome. a man, open a cold one. <laughs> Don't be like this guy. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. And even though I wasn't having gay feelings, I still was like, I'm the like in your bed. I'm the guy that goes, <laughs> could I have a wine spritzer? I was like, that sounds bubbly and delicious. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't sexual, but I identified with that character more than the guys that were like, oh, I have a course. Yeah. There's the guy that's shamed for not getting the product masculine enough. That's right. Um, could I have a purple cocktail? Don't be one of bonk. Don't be that idiot. <laughs> and then they have a the football player tackle him or whatever. Yes. Get him out of here. Yes, we. You're right. You're helping me remember. We grew up in the eighties. That was the eighties. Right. So, what was your relationship with your sexuality in high school? Because it's the horniest time. It is the horniest time. Just tons of jerking. Did secret, you hear my voice? <laughs> secret like porn. I'm not. You don't have yeah, to talk about anything. This was you don't the, want this to, was but. this was before the days of. Uh, of fast internet. I know. This was when you would... <laughs> I shit myself the first night I was in a... My this was when room. you would wait for a Mark Wahlberg picture to download, and yes. it took like four minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. And you'd jerk one out just waiting for it? Oh, boy. Yeah. That, that was a long time ago. So you were out to yourself. There wasn't any sort of like... Yes, that realization pray came... Pray the gay away? When, well, I tried. You did? Yes, on, I yeah, tried on, on my own. On your own. Um, I'm so sorry. That... Uh, was like wanting it to go... Yes, I, I at some times in my life I wanted to. I was like, this is a phase. I can get. I can get over this. I'm attracted to girls. Sometimes I can make it work. Right. And then at other times it was like, God, I can't wait to just be 18 so I could just maybe try it out and see if it's okay. Try it with girl. E, no, try it with a guy. Maybe. Oh, well, yeah. I'll try it with a guy and that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but maybe I probably won't. But who knows? That's so interesting. But the cultural kind of normality of liking girls. Yeah, and I, I you would kind of be like, I kind of like Becky every once in a while. Or it was, it, it, yes. And there's I mean, something I still, about her, her still personality. Now there's like some now and then there's a girl where I'm like, that's a hot girl, and yeah. I, it's just not enough for me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Base my life on it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but uh, I, I, I think uh, base my life. You know what I mean? I do. I, I, so I, oh, I Val can... and I point out beautiful people of all genders. Right. I go, holy shit, and she'll be like, I, I would fuck that guy, and I'm like, I'd fuck that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not enough to base my life on it, but I'm like, what am I? Right. Not living in a world of beauty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a pretty waterfall, but I'm looking for a water well. <laughs> So, um, but you're also being tortured. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was, it was torturous, and I yeah. think I realized when I remember you'd hear you'd hear when I was a kid you'd hear gay activists on the news, 
Um, I'm still I remember there was a, a gay Washington. march on Washington when Clinton was fresh in office in the early 90s. And I remember hearing it on the radio and hearing it was like in, in hindsight, it's conservative talk radio in California. It's KFI. And so their coverage is not too sympathetic, but yeah. they have to cover it. And um, and I'm, I was listening to this and I was realizing like, oh, my God, these are men who love men. And I, it, it dawned on me at some point when I was like a, a, a junior high school age where I was like, oh, fuck, that's me. Ah. And I immediately knew that it was a secret that had to be kept for a number of reasons. Wow. But and 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 uh, I didn't have an option otherwise. And I feel what, what so bad that I was forced into that. Yeah, uh, I mean, what was I, the fear? I mean, oh, the higher God, of the just fear. getting big. I mean, it was like the number one sin you could possibly commit, worse than murder. Right. Um. So uh, uh, that's what you're told, at least. Right. And um, I, I, in parents, hindsight, parents, I feel, yeah. yes, you know, um, I, I, my mother has come a long way, and I, I'm very proud of her. Mm. Uh, I, and, and my family's overall, I mean, there's, there's a range of reactions that I went through. I've, yeah. <laughs> with different individual people, friends yeah. and family, yeah. it, there's been a range of reactions. I'll oh, put it that way. Really? Yes. And bad, bad ones. But now you're no bad to good, bad, depending bad, on the yeah, person. Bad and, bad and good, but I mean, depending on the person, yeah. Interesting. And um, you know, you're so my best friend though, from and, high and school. Persuasive. I can't imagine someone being like, "I'm going to tell James," but maybe maybe you didn't. You weren't the man that you well, are now. Then, yeah, exactly. You know? And um, you know, my best friend from high school doesn't talk to me. The relationship's totally destroyed because he can't handle that I'm gay. Really, and thinks that I should be able to tolerate him shitting on gay things and gay people. In order as like a price to hang out, and I'm like, no, sorry, I the price no, to I'm, watch a movie with me. Yeah, and I'm like, I is this, this questionable? I, I got better things to do. Thank you. It was nice. That, I'm glad you're the first person to show me Goodfellas. Uh, <laughs> I, my life is different now. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, college. I you have. Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, at a certain point, and it, this 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 continues for. Uh, there's unbelievable things you have to go through as a young gay person. Mm. Uh, if you're poor and gay, it's really bad because then you can't, you can't afford to live anywhere near gay people, and that's also a nightmare in your early twenties. Very pricey to be gay, and um, <laughs> and um, so I had there was like a phase of like not really living anywhere, walking around everywhere in Hollywood with a backpack and getting on buses all the time, and I had a life like that for a couple of years. You were an '80s movie. I was yes. You and, were the bodyguard, or, uh, <laughs> not not the Kevin Costner one. Like you were wandering. I was wandering. Like you said in your, the top of your it notes, says wanderer. No, I I used to walk around Hollywood with a backpack because I would I didn't really live anywhere when I was young, uh, and I would I would this Why? is this is a preview of my my later years in 2013, yeah, like yeah, yeah, but more like tw- 2003. Well, because you could stay here's a couch you could stay on. You don't have any money, right? You the money the money you make is accidental. So it's like here's the couch I can stay on in Long Beach, but I got to do something over here in L.A. And I'm still trying to take a class at the Groundlings if I can get the money together. And so you're like bouncing around week to week from place to place. And I had a backpack and uh, like um, there were situations where I uh, gay people a lot of gay people will know about this where you're forced out of a living situation because you're gay Mm. um either because you want to get laid or someone finds out something about you that you were trying to keep a secret or something so and it's easier to leave 
it's easier to leave or sometimes you have to leave. You have to leave. And so I would live with friends and then to avoid wearing out my welcome, I'd go to another friend and stuff. So it was like a lot of sort of... Did you learn bad lessons? It's, yes, it you seemed... learn good lessons and bad lessons. But it seems like maybe your like fear is being reinforced, distrust is being reinforced. I was a young smart artist and I had a backpack full of journals and I was writing my experiences of what it was like to live in LA like this and I swear to God Pete <laughs> it's one of the th- saddest things that ever happened I would go to gay bars and people would look down on me because I didn't smell good because I'd been out all day on the street walking with a backpack I came with a big backpack and people were like who's this street kid you know I was one of those Yeah, and so to look cool, I started putting my backpack in the bushes and then to go into a gay bar and hang out. And it got stolen one time with like two years worth of journals that I was intending to make into a book. This <laughs> of my life, of my young life. And it was like, it was heartbreaking. It is. I, my heart is breaking. That is, <laughs> that is almost beautiful and how tragic that is and i think i i think i saw the homeless guy that stole it like a couple days later because i went around the neighborhood asking the park rec department like did you guys find a backpack and that's how you met and well there was this (laughs) 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 she said you should audition (laughs) (laughs) well you go around asking and there's this homeless guy who wanders up guiltily behind me and he hears me telling my story and he's like you know uh, somebody stole a backpack like that i probably would have just taken the the valuable stuff and just tossed it in a dumpster and and then in hindsight i pieced together that he probably did that and i swear to god like a week as i used to hang around west hollywood park a lot this is in west hollywood park or plumber park i forget which one it is he i saw the same guy and from it was a distance it was across the park but i think he was listening to my walkman and my that and i was like that fucking guy stole my backpack took the walkman and some shirts and then threw my journals in the dumpster probably i wanted the story so badly for him to be like well you know if anybody stole a backpack like that... They would have hidden it under a tree. Yes, or they probably stayed up all night reading those journals and, James, I love you. <laughs> like, not in a sexual way, but like, what if he, I, I want to help he, you. What if, he, what if he went to the YMCA and was like, I'm ready to clean up, I've got gold. And that man is... That's so funny. Said that he's like a famous showrunner now. Yes. Those journals. Mm. I can't. So I That's sort like, of... I've sort of uh, learned not to get too attached to things. Well, um, yeah, you okay? Everything is transitory. Yeah, but like, like, that, like, dumb. That didn't have to happen, and it wouldn't have if you if there had been affordable places to live. Yeah, <laughs> or if uh, you know, if if the wider culture was cooler with gay people. I mean, is that an issue? I mean. I guess that would be an issue in a straight community as well. Sure, somebody coming in. Oh yeah, sure. Not seeming fresh. Uh, am I right in assuming there's a higher standard in the gay community? It's like people of what just seeming fiercer, like just everybody's more beautiful. Is that is well, that just there's wrong? that? Yes, and I mean, <laughs> you know, that was my that was my uh, on the flip side. That was my uh, there's that. attraction at the time was I was oh. like I was like skinny. And I had muscle. I, I was like fit. Yeah. I mean, if you walk around L.A. every day, you you're going to be a backpack fit. full of your sure life. a little yeah. sure a little bit dirty. But I had a bath yesterday, and it was like the kind of thing where I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking hot 23 year old guy, right? And uh, with a great personality, sure. What's going on? Well, yeah. you you were probably doing fine sometimes. 
And I mean, there were. It was it. weird. It was like month to month would be a terrible month and then a better month. And yeah. It was like so weird. It's so it's. Yeah. It's so hard for me to even understand those years when I look back on them because it's like 2003. I was living in Long Beach. Wait, no, Koreatown. Wait, no, El Segundo. Yeah. Hold on a second. Wow. Wasn't I on that couch in Venice? Wow. It, it, the whole year was like, like different the, lives. You're the feather in Forrest Gump, man. You, <laughs> nobody knows you. But it, was there ever the thought that like meeting the right person? Were you like hoping for a relationship because that could could have straightened it out? Uh, yeah, a little bit? that's. I feel like uh, I had sort of early proto relationships when I was young. Uh-huh. Like I'd have somebody that I would hook up with a few times, but then if it, it, it doesn't, it's like it's hard, it's hard to make something work when you don't have a stable living situation. Right. I feel like I never had anybody that I could call a boyfriend in college. I guess I had a boyfriend um, for six months. Yeah. That's, that's a long um, because time. we had dorms we lived in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't many years after that until I had more stable situations that I had anything like a boyfriend. From college to wandering with the backpack. Um, like what what happened that you didn't just Oh, like, I didn't get a job. <laughs> yeah, but, but I have relatives that don't get jobs and they they live at home or they that sort of you can't I mean like I'm saying like some living living situations don't work out. Again, I'm not this isn't like a you have weeks or a week or so after we do this, you can edit out whatever you want. But, there, but yeah, sometimes like sometimes it's close like to home. You stuff. can't live here or on your own. You think better. Like I shouldn't live here because it's nasty and something bad's going to happen. Right. And so yeah, you're forced around more than usual. And so it was it was a it was a recession. It was a bad time economically. I remember there being an L.A. Times article right after I graduated college that was like. The people who just graduated college in 2002 are uh, facing some of the worst job prospects in living memory. And um it's and it, they featured my one of my best friends from college in the article. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just printed on the back of your diploma. Right. Hey. Oh, by the way, yes, I didn't graduate, but my college doesn't understand that, so they still list me as a, a alumni. Notable alumni. <laughs> yes. And I didn't really graduate. So you I owe them nine credits. Your predicament. Yeah, I think we could do that in the summer. Your predicament. That's what I've been telling myself for for many summers. Fifteen years that you instead twenty. How many years ago was two thousand? Oh yeah, fifteen years. Fifteen years. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, my college doesn't acknowledge me because I say fuck. <laughs> oh, where did you go, Baylor? I went to Gordon College, a Christian college. Where? Uh, it's in New England. Gordon College. Gordon Are you college. a Gordon man? <laughs> you know what I say? I say it sounds like a fake college. It sounds. Like it does. My parent, I went to uh, Gordon College. One time I went. To- I went to Larry College. That's exactly it. I went. This was actually traumatic. Gordon. I was a freshman and I was wearing. I thought you're supposed to have pride, so I bought this very kind of budget Gordon College sweatshirt. It was green and it just huge Gordon College in white on the front. And uh, it almost looked like it was tape. It was like such a shit shirt. And we went to this uh, soccer game or something that was at like BU or BC. Like, and it wasn't even Gordon wasn't even playing them. We just went to BC or BU, like a real school. And there was this like group of like riffraff, you know, regular college guys, like the beer commercial guys. So like uh, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting guys, exactly. Did they them apples you? They them apples me in a way because they're in the stands and we can't find the field. And I'm wearing my stupid – this is the feeling of college, by the way. I'm just wearing this stupid, I'm soft, Gordon College sweatshirt. And I go, and I go, uh, guys, do you know where the where Ebbett Field is? And the guy 
You were just me. asked some tough guys. I just asked. A, Rule number one: never ask tough guys yeah, for anything. I didn't know. <laughs> I just go, "Hey, fellas!" I thought by calling them fellas, it would take the edge off. Hey, fellas! That's how you ask to get harassed right, by someone. Right. Hey, fellas! I know. Hey, uh, hey, boys! Pete, were you wearing a propeller hat in this story? This, I should have been. <laughs> this is when I started to learn that the story I had been telling myself wasn't true. Right. And I was like, God, do you guys know where Abbott Field is? And the guy just goes, oh, it's a Gordon College. And they laughed so hard. <sighs> All they did At the idea of Gordon of College Gordon even College. existing. They just He just said Gordon College and they laughed and I just slinked away. And I, But like part of me even knew – he won. Like, I wasn't even mad about it. I was like, he just read my shirt and he, he saw my vulnerability to this and day, exploited it. One of only three failures in Pete Holmes' ledger. Ah, that's the most painful one. Now tell me about being homeless. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was never homeless. I, I, yeah. I did sleep at a few bus stations um, or train stations, but I was never would call myself homeless. Yeah, but that you know that's temporarily sleeping what, outside. What, what is heartbreaking about it is that it was a byproduct of intolerance and not understanding. It yeah. wasn't that you were just like a wild kid or stubborn yeah. or independent. Uh, people weren't accepting you, and that that's yeah. And shit. if you, it, it would have been fine if you if I had a job, it would have been fine. And I tried. Oh my god, I tried. I tried to work at the LA Weekly. I tried to work at the LA City Beat. I tried to get because I'd been in. You were already working the beat. I was yes. You were already taking. Notes. I tried to get a job as a journalist, and I came close. But then the re- the best I got was somebody saying, "I can't pay you. I can. Hi- you're good. I'll hire you as an intern." And really? so I, I, I slammed, I slammed at full speed into the controversy know? of unpaid internships at, uh, giving advantages to rich kids who have someone else paying the bills. Wow. I couldn't afford to take an unpaid, unpaid internship. What? How did he know you were good? Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lady editor. Uh-huh. <laughs> I sent her samples of my writing, and she was like, you're good. I could use you. I can't pay you. It's out of my budget. Really? But you can write stories if you want. And here, here they didn't even know that like fifty dollars a day would have made a huge difference, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I maybe guess. I guess. I guess she told me to like uh, check back in six months. Maybe I'll have money to hire. In it, that's never happened. Mm. Well, and then after that, what rescued me was, um, uh, you know, just a f- a friends. Finally, at some point, friends who were like, "It's okay, come live with me. Me, come live with me and my boyfriend. We live in." We live in Hollywood. You can stay here. Like, really? And you're like, a, you're like a shivering animal, and they're like, come live with us. It's fine. We, and really? Yes. And yeah, to find a job. And I had friends like that, and I still, I'm still grateful to all of them. Yeah. How did you meet them? Um, through early comedy stuff. Uh, you know, I, would, I, I threw all of my money into taking Groundlings classes, basically. So uh, I would meet people at the Groundlings. So there was something in you this whole time that was like, I'm very good at comedy. I never stopped trying. Yeah. Uh, I was forced to take longer than I wanted to. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it was... But you uh, never were like, I, I gotta just, I don't know, work something else. I'm gonna do comedy. I wanted to, yeah. The there result. was like no jobs. There's no jobs right. available to that. Right. And it was a tough time to get a job. But I, I, I started then getting the, all the crazy jobs that I ended up getting, which was like working in bars and nightclubs. And I worked I worked in a fossil warehouse where we sold uh, – this was when I was like 24. We sold <laughs> – Oh, no. We, was, we sold um, priceless fossils, uh, millions of years old. 
tens of thousands of years old, hundred thousand years old fossils that rich people have in their homes. Like you ever see like a rich person with a pool that has like f- fossilized fish for the tile around the pool? No. Um, and some people will even buy like a dinosaur foot. Uh, and so there was this. In- Get out of here. Yep. You're barely making a living, and you're selling dinosaur feet. Well, to that was there, there was a year of a, there was a, a lot of money. There was an upward trajectory where I got to that job, right? But then you get to see what rich people are doing with their money. Oh, oh, and then I was also a caterer. Uh, one of the other jobs I got as a caterer. So you're working for rich people, and they love to lord like rich people who are really rich love to lord it over caterers. Really? Yes, I remember. How? Being, I remember being yelled at by a rich guy. Um, I, the rudeness of rich people in Highland Park and no, excuse me. Um, what's the place near Wilshire? Uh, not Highland Park. It's uh, a similar name, Hancock Park. Hancock Park. The rudeness of the people in Hancock Park. Uh, I will never forgive. <laughs> Tell me what they did. Uh, I, I've seen parties and, and not just them, but like you know, rich people in the hills or whatever and stuff. And getting a catering job is a good job. Yeah. Uh, if you're young, that's a good job to have. But you have to put up with these insults occasionally. Once in a while, they're cool. But sometimes there's insulting rich people. I remember a guy. You know, they just little things like um, he had. He, I was, I was, I was pouring the wine glasses for his guests a little too full, and he goes, "You know what?" In front of the guests, you know what? Save some for me. That's expensive wine. Save some for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Sir. He did the grown-up version of the water fountain gag, save some for the fish. Right, but it's but he actually said how expensive the wine was. And no, I'm no, like, no, I'm not defending him. <laughs> oh my I know, god, I, know. I thought for a second you thought I was on his side. No, no. But I know what you mean. But also, he was making a bad joke and being an asshole. It was not a joke. It was it was it was like, well, save some for me. It's expensive wine. And oh. so I, I just filed that away. It's like, what a well, your life is unjoyful. <laughs> You were Fight Club. You were Tyler Durden in the White Tuxedo. I never pissed in anything. Yes, but, but you I did seek. I did sneak cigarettes and then rub oranges on my mouth. What do you mean? Well, r- oranges cover up the smell of cigarettes. Oh, <laughs> what Joe Camel never told you. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also a guy I remember who was he. He was like a young tech guy who had this new mansion that he just bought. He's having a party, and I'm one of the caterers, and the, he had hired a cook from the catering company too. And the cook goes, the chef goes to me, take this to the owner of the house and just tell him it's compliments of the chef. I took it. The guy was like, oh, yeah, no, thanks. And I took it back to the chef and I was like, he wasn't interested. And he goes, uh, uh, take it back and say the, the, the chef, uh, this is compliments of the chef. And so I took it back. And I was like, this, sir, this is compliments of the chef. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not interested. And, and then uh, the chef was like, the third time was like, tell him the chef. And the chef was like a... An artist knows what he's talking about. He was like, tell him the chef insists. So I took this hors d'oeuvre or whatever to the <laughs> owner of the house. And he, I go, sir, the chef insists that you try this. And he goes, in front of his guests, he goes, yeah, well, when the chef can afford to buy the house like this, then he can insist on what I eat. And it's like, you, you cheap fuck. You can Marino you can't even, character. You can't, yes. <laughs> you can't even act... You can't even act grateful. You can't even pretend to be not an asshole. Yeah, well, when the chef can buy the house, he can tell me what to do. It's it's like... uh, I thought, because I want to believe that people are good, I'm thinking that, like... The chef put like a secret message in a croissant or something. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. Open it, and there's the code to a new. I don't know. That's where my brain goes. There Why was... would the chef want him to try it so badly? He just wanted him to eat 
what he made. And then the guy was the worst person in the world. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chef was just doing what a chef's supposed to do, Chefing. making everyone eat bad food. <laughs> Shoving fat down people's so throats. So you, I mean, but you really are getting a front row to a terrible slice of humanity. Yeah, and there were good people there. And there was less innocuous things that were annoying, too. Like, I remember there was a household... <laughs> Of people who were huge Howard Dean supporters, and I was too, but I wasn't allowed to talk to them. Oh. <laughs> so I had, they were sitting there talking about like Howard Dean, he's just doing such a great job. And I just, and, and the daughter had volunteered for the campaign, and all I wanted to do was put the tray down and be like, Howard Dean would win if this party wasn't full of cowards, but I wasn't allowed to say anything. Did you consider throwing the job away for that uh, statement? Yes, because I would go up and I'm listening to their conversation, and then the guy, the guy, man of the house would be like, yes, that's fine, just take that away. And I was like, no, I want to talk to you about the New Hampshire primary. Uh, you wanted some Dean time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that, when, so that was when I was a young Dean kid. And you weren't allowed to Dean it up. Were you a Bernie person? I love your Bernie. Uh, yes. yes. I was very much. And that's where I split with Howard Dean, actually. Yes. Howard Dean hated Bernie. But, uh, Why I, I, did Howard Dean hate Bernie? A Vermont bullshit. Ah. <laughs> Vermont jealousy, I guess. An argument over Froyo. Well, you know, Bernie Sanders was always there. He was never there when we wanted the Democratic Party to grow in front. <laughs> I, did what I, ha- Howard, I did what I had to do. You were the governor. I was the congressman. What else am I supposed to do? We were supposed to, we were working on trying to get jobs for the state of Vermont. I voted for a jobs package that had no chance of passing over and over again. <laughs> You're yes. arguing with yourself as two different people. Uh, yes. What a gift. Hats off to Phil Hendry. Well, who yeah. Phil Hendry, a oh, hero of mine. He did the, the, the radio show where he would talk to himself. Uh, uh, I always hear this crazy story. Characters. Seth MacFarlane would do like five characters in like real time mm-hmm. which i always thought was very cool uh when did you come out though we kind of lost the thread on that oh in college, college i guess uh and it was different time different times to different people because you, started it, slow. you never knew if it was going to be an explosion of dynamite or if it was going to be like pigeons fly down from heaven and go it's okay yeah yeah, yeah. and it was person to person you never knew what reaction you were going to get really yes and it was traumatic at times and then it was sometimes sometimes people the rumor it, it was actually a relief when the rumor started going around because it did the work for because you. the assholes there were real assholes i can't even believe it there were homophobic assholes in college that would be like hey bitch and you're like this is college yeah and um do better yeah and then but there were also people that would find out and be like you know um you know, it's like anything, you know, you're a great guy and just support anything about you for anything. And like their way of telling you that it's okay yeah. to come s- out. safety pin moment. Yes. You know, and I, 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 I'm grateful, you know, those, I'm grateful for the people I, who had compassion and understanding yeah. or even an open mind. Yeah. I'm still, it breaks my heart, but I'm also surprised that it wasn't, I guess maybe, does that mean there's progress? Now the stereotype, you even kind of reference it in your act. Women love gay men. There's a lot of gay, uh, straight men that love gay men too. But I mean, like that—that that almost like a we lot, love each other. A There's li- so much love. <laughs> Elijah, it doesn't have to be bad. Elijah Lena kind of stereotype that <laughs> like they the gay the gay friend is almost like such a thing. But that wasn't the case when you were in college. Uh, no, I. I, I have I've always had lots of girlfriends. Yeah. And some of my best friends I mean uh, yeah, I think always generally my closest friends are girls. Yeah. That was um, always my case. But too. I also al- also have very close guy friends. I don't really um 
I guess there might be a slight change in the way in the in the way I, I also am a little bit of a chameleon as it is, so I mm. kind of yeah. uh one on one sort of mimic you know how you have shared laughs with people and stuff oh, like that? Yeah. And I probably take that to a little more of an extreme than most people just because I'm subconsciously imitating things for all the time. Sure. So I have like little I'm I am a I'm a James for this friend and I'm a different James for this friend. And I, it's I not like to that very hard. It's not like a psychotic break or anything, but it's just like there's there's different there's no. different grooves I get into with different people. I don't think that's weird at all. And it, it might be a little bit like, hey, I'm more likely to watch uh, this kind of thing with a girlfriend rather or this versus like dragon fire with some right. guy friend. Right, right, right. But it, 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 not that not not that it has to be that way, but maybe it just falls down. That's how right. the cards fall down. I I relate to that so hard. I haven't heard anyone else articulate that on the show. Sometimes I don't want to hang out with somebody, and it's not them. It's that I don't want to be the me that I am when I'm with them. (laughs) So I'm actually, that's some of the work of my second half of life is to try and just be the same me with everybody. But, like, there's certain energies that when I'm with them, uh, I just act very differently. And I see Valerie doing that as well. Yeah. That she's just like, oh, you're you're doing your Annie voice. And And I know people who are the same for everybody, too. Yeah, do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know people like that. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. Rock solids. Yeah, and 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 it is an advantage to doing it both ways, I guess. Yeah. I like I I see the benefit of doing it our way. It's a type of listening. You know, when I'm with uh Brent Sullivan, he has a very infectious way of talking. Right. I just talk like him. Uh, and when I'm with uh Did you see the news? <laughs> That's the best I could do for Brent Sullivan. <laughs> Need <laughs> need footage. <laughs> He's yes. so funny. He's just a delight. Um, so okay, so there isn't like a big snap, and then everything was okay. What the story of James Adomian is? These little it was a long slog, and I think slog. Uh, the slog of Domi. Yeah, and I think when it, I finally got to a place where I was performing in front of an audience of people listening to me, by the time I'm uh, 23, 24, 25, starting to get into doing actual comedy shows. Yeah. Um, like the, all the crazy East Side alternative comedy shows of the time. Sorry, I don't know if you were here when they did the basement show at the Ramado with Josh Fadim. No. Uh, yeah, that was a fun one. And it, it, when I started f- finding these 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 bozos these comedians yes. the the misfits. the misfits the broken toys yes and 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 there 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 was some intolerance but far less than in the general public even with comedians yeah but i mean i don't want to say you know who they are and they're <laughs> you're going to have to tell people, me these are people, my... yeah 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 but it's like they, they don't they don't have any there's there's nothing they can do to me right yeah okay there you go but i mean that had to be even we joked earlier Wikipedia, James is an openly private life, click. James is openly gay. <laughs> James is this uh, like descendant of a mathematician. Uh, that's it. So there has to be, in a life that is so hard to control, that you and I even Camille to people to look for like feeling calm, feeling safe. In social situation, whatever. So you used Camille as a verb, isn't I it? I sure did. I'm, I like that. Camille. <laughs> oh, ruined it. Oh. What I'm saying is, did you? Am I right in assuming that you enjoyed the control and the celebrated honesty of stand-up comedy? Yes, and comedy in general. Yeah. And I think um, I get to talk. I'm doing this. I pr- might have a serious agenda behind that comedy, or I might not, depending on what the bit is. Yeah. 
depending on what the character is, depending on what the joke is. Right. And I did like that of, of it's my turn, I'm on stage. Because right. I'm no longer... I don't, it's the opposite. You don't have to wonder individually who's going to accept this or this or this. You tell a mass of people, and you are the in control. Yes, and I am... I, I'm kind of... Um, I'm kind of... Um, I don't want to say passive. I want to say like I let things go a lot in real life. And I just kind of, you know, if someone gives me the wrong thing at the restaurant, I eat it. That's the kind, I guess yes. maybe. But it, but on stage, I take more of a, because as an artist, I believe in, yeah. I have an artistic belief that the guy on stage should yeah, be in charge more. You're doing an impression of James. I'm doing an impression yeah. of who I think should be as a person yeah. on stage. Yeah. And so. And it's nice to be him, isn't it? Yes. And it, it but it's a, it's a different guy. It feels good. Um, I relate to that. You, yeah. And um, so I, I, I do think that it's like, as an artist, I'm going, well, it's time to be the artist, and it's my time to be on stage and do my dirty jokes and my silly jokes right. and my serious jokes. Right. And um, people have to listen to me. And I, and I don't – and it, it probably saved my life because through doing comedy, I realized, like, no, I'm great. Yeah. I'm great. Everything's good. Yeah. I did the, oh, my problems are minor. Yes. I should, uh, I, not only should I uh, be, uh, people should be okay with me, I should be celebrating myself. Yes. I think you even have a line in your act about loving who you are. And, I don't and, think I do. I think I, that's the whole act. Uh, <laughs> but you did have some line about like, someone, you said I'm gay and people clapped and you're like, oh, that's okay. You know, I, I, I'm good. I love who I am. Like, so it was a throwaway Sort of thing I think I heard you say. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe it's sometimes when you hear somebody in an audience go like, oh, and you're like, no, 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 no. I'm the winner. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you have someone <laughs> afraid that the story is going to go too sad. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. It, that's, sometimes that's, I like to say this, too. Uh, somebody goes, oh, and I'm like, please, no sympathy. I'm a terrible person. Ah, <laughs> fun, which means you're an everything person. Sometimes yeah. terrible, sometimes wonderful. Sure, yeah. You're a full person. Um, you, we've alluded a couple times Growing up Christian, is that the case? Yeah. What what flavor? Uh, I was a, I guess I was a Pentecostal, Protestant, evangelical you, Christian. You were Pentecostal, like yeah. like uh, what's the word? Uh, Touched by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hallelujah! 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 Speaking Jesus. In, speaking in tongues. Yes. Uh, you spoke in tongues. Yes. Up off your butt. Yeah, you know, no they, they pray on you. They put their hands oh, sure. on you and they pray. And it's yeah. Oil, anointed in oil. I guess that happened too, but that wasn't such a big deal at this particular church. Tell me about tongues. I'm there was no snake handling. Yeah. It was just, uh, yeah. You, when you spoke in tongues, was there a Speaking peer, in tongues. Was when there you, a peer pressure to do it? There is a peer pressure, and it's also like, it's just. It's like getting your wet dream. I remember kids were like, did you get it yet? And I was like, I don't think it's like that. I never got one. Did you go to a church I where did they did that? One, finally. They did uh, oh, talking speaking in tongues? tongues? Uh, one out of 150 would talk in tongues. Never. It in, was rare at your not church. Not in the service. And it was private. What? We are very waspy. Uh. So you prayed in tongues privately. I, I have to imagine. It's actually kind of Terrence McKenna, you know, the big psychonaut. I love Terrence McKenna. You know, he talks about, he doesn't call them speaking in tongues, but he's like, that the is a... standing experience. Yes! He talks about it like a thing. He's like... When you talk, you can tap into something channeling through these, you. It's these energies of intelligence <laughs> that are communicating with us, Nobody that are knows. higher and also with us always. Yes. So I he, he kind of, 
I don't want to say he re-legitimized tongues, but I did think it was fun that he would just do it in the middle of his talks. It'd be like, well, like, I think that our minds are far more powerful and interesting than we understand. Yeah. And, and that uh, was a way to surrendering. To yeah. That and I think there's probably ancient paths of training your mind that predate any current religion mm. uh, that we have dim mem- dim cultural memory of and maybe it gets adapted into this or that. Yeah. But yeah, we, our, our our minds are are far more powerful than we realize. Have you taken psychedelics? Yes. And so you've experienced that. Isn't that the headline of psychedelics is like holy shit, I thought it was a room and it's a mansion. Well, a lot of what consciousness is is pushing things out of your mind so that you don't focus. So that you don't sit around Going ga 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 all the Reality time. Reality is how the, beautiful everything is. Is the agreed upon hallucination. These, this is the greatest hits of what's yeah, happening. I'm here, you're there. Snap into it, right. and it's useful for throwing a baseball <laughs> or running from a tiger. Right, but but also there, it, there's it, there's an absurdity. This is like a we're you and I are like an, everybody in the room. We're all uh, we're like t- hi Natalie. We're all temporary reversals of entropy that have a mysterious origin. And we're just we're a, uh, we, we're a cooperation of like living cells that what are of entropy cooperating a Co-op? tem- temporary reversal of entropy a temporary reversal of entropy. that's arguably a definition of life is that is that whenever you see the 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 slow slide of entropy throughout the universe wherever it's reversed that's what life is shut up um, I love that arguably yes. So it's the idea that there's a there's a force that reverses the entropy, and that is the will of creation. Right. Is that another uh, way of putting it? Well, kind of who knows if the... Uh, <laughs> we don't need to anthropomorphize it. I'm not saying somebody went, and it did it, but it it happens, and a tree grows. Uh, yeah. Help me I understand. guess it's a, there's a struggle. Early early cells, early single-celled creatures um, assembled from complex amino acids. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's that they that they came from us, the lightning bolt that hit like a very rich pool of amino acids, or if it was, uh, if you know, uh, right. the funguses came on the uh, comets, like some people say. Right, right. Um, but whatever it is. Like Terrence says. Yeah, he says that. Yeah. Uh, transpermia. I'm not sure. I'm neutral on that. But uh, whatever happened, where there's these little life forms that's that's became alive and people think it might have happened multiple times before it finally took really yeah we might be descended from like the 500th uh, group of cells that that, that, that there were became cells alive. that were like we've done this shit before don't get used to it yeah gonna here's what's gonna happen you're gonna be stuck in a tide pool <laughs> meanwhile fantasia's going on around you but eventually you get boiled oh my god can you imagine but yeah, there's there's even way before consciousness, there's a strange struggle to stay alive, to mm-hmm. eat, to consume energy either from the sun or the w- other creatures around you, and um and then and then stay alive and pass it on. And it's this weird thing that we are. Yes. Do you? What is your feeling? These days, I lean a lot towards. <laughs> so not really a Christian anymore necessarily. Uh... I really like the Book of Ecclesiastes, though. Tell me why. The book of Ecclesiastes is a different theology than the rest of the Bible. Did you know that? No. Um, It's a wiser, um, more realistic God, first of all. Uh The book of Ecclesiastes has no inkling of you need to behave this way to make God happy. It's probably older than the rest of the Old Testament 
maybe with the exception of Job, um, people will disagree with me if they're Bible scholars, but they're, it, it's a, it, it doesn't fit. People say it's Solomon that wrote it. It doesn't really fit that. It's probably a collection of old things that were assembled by a priest later on. Um, but the theology is different. The theology of Ecclesiastes is um, this is the way this universe is. Mm. It's absurd. And it's like written like to one person, isn't it? It's like written as if to whoever to like... the generic student reading yeah, it's it is. A, it's to a student. It's basically like a rabbi speaking to a student. Right. The world is absurd. There's no justice. There's no point to anything. The best you can do is try to is try to try to make the happy things last longer and not take them for granted. And when the bad things happen, try not to let it hurt you too much and understand that that's just the way it is. Interesting. It's, it's very. It's very. It it reminds me more of Buddhism. Yeah. Than the rest of the Bible. Non attachment. Yes. Bad yes. and good. Yes, and I wonder if it's just stumbling upon the same concept from two different angles. Interesting. I love that. That's very, very interesting. So you're, you don't get like a, a, a twinge when you think about biblical ideas? No. You know, I know all the stories, and I appreciate them for stories. But you know one thing that really, I think, broadened my mind and my spirit is studying other religions? Yeah. And studying things that are older than the Bible, yeah. <laughs> I read the book. I, I love reading old myths and old uh, religious texts and epic poems and stuff. Right on. I love the Epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah, it's a very homoerotic uh, story, and it's the oldest written myth in, or as it was in the world. Back then, a story. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything was very charged. It's the oldest thing that survived. It's from yeah. ancient Sumeria, and it's about this king who's a wild king oppressing his people, so the, the he's half god, and to punish him, the gods send down this wild, crazy, tough guy to like beat him up and make him humble, but they end up fighting to a standstill and falling in love, and they become like war buddies, and they fuck and love, and they go fight monsters and stuff together. <laughs> Ah, that's Gilgamesh. Wow, that's why it hasn't been made into a movie. And it has a flood. <laughs> it has a flood myth that predates the biblical flood myth. So it's very clear that the the flood of the Bible is a, a, a retelling of some older retelling. flood that would have happened. Regionally. Scholars seem to think there was a big flood in in Samaria, or yeah. maybe a series of them. Series yes, of floods, yeah. uh, as like the Mediterranean filled up, or whatever. As I like to say, and then what? I mean, like what what story or what feeling does that lead to? But yeah. The, the, the modern humans came out of the ice age and the ice the, the 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 melting of the ice sheets during the ice age caused incredible global calamities it was a global warming event mm. that uh melted the ice sheets so you had huge floods as the ice sheets retreated from Europe and all around the globe, half of Asia and stuff and North America, then the water of the lakes filled up and the oceans got bigger than they were in the past. And so on one hand, suddenly there's more land for people to go found, like take yeah. their tribe and Explore. go branch off from whatever cavemen were before that. But then also there's these cataclysms where you're living down by some river and suddenly you're all drowned. Yeah. Your whole society is gone. Very ecclesiastical. Yeah. It's it's shit, shit's going to happen. Good and bad. Yeah. 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 And it was because of some ice and a global yeah, warming. Yeah, you get event. to you, you. It's a layer cake. Don't. Ah. 
<laughs> don't take it too personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just the Dow. It's what things. What's it's what's happening. And I and I and I do say that um, I the best class I ever took in college was a it was I was a senior and I took an introduction to religions of Asia class. I took like a one one class mm. as a senior and it was the best class I ever took. Yes, because uh, it was I I didn't know much about Hindu and Buddhism yeah. and um, uh, the philosophies like Confucianism and the Tao and it was life changing mm. and I read I did actually did the reading <laughs> yeah because you're old enough to kind of be like wait this is for me and I've kept doing the reading yeah. throughout my life Good and I've I, not just the Asia but like all around I'm, I sort of I like I like reading mythology it's and great. religion and it's philosophy we're, we're starving for it it fills a gap yeah I, I and you know if you just step back and go like this guy isn't the answer he's a, an, answer, he's an answer and I'll just listen He's uh, another he finger says. pointing at the moon. That's, what does this yeah. asshole say? Yeah. Well, it, it blew my mind when Joseph Campbell said, study other religions because you, you're free to see the truth in them because they're not burdened by literal truth. When I studied Hinduism for the first time, I was like, what a, what a kooky cast of characters. Instead of going, that's true, and we have archaeology to prove that that's true, right. I could look beyond literal truth to see what the real meat of the message was. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I think both of us probably grew up thinking studying other religions was was a waste of time oh, or man. at worst was like something you're studying wrong. demons. Yeah, you're inviting demons into your life. Um, yeah, these are, these are uh, stories that people have told themselves. To uh, make sense. To make sense and that they needed to hear. Yeah. And what, what, the, that, bi the big hunger. Little hunger is horny. Tired, yes, thirsty, yes, and the big hunger is what, what are we? The what fuck? is all the stars up what there? What the fuck? Yes, <laughs> and we need to feed the big hunger. I'm so happy to hear that you're getting nourished um, and have been doing it for yourself all this time. One of the things I love, and I don't know, we have time to get into it deeply, but I love the way that uh, myths and beliefs from one culture will get mushed into another culture when there's a conquest mm. or when two groups meet and become the same kingdom or whatever when they gilgamesh yes and you find like for example um uh, the, the hebrew god uh uh yeah, elohim, elohim is a plural name yeah. the elohim is a plural name people don't like to talk about it but it's l it's the god the godhead it's the it's the the main god l which is like the zeus of this pantheon that existed in sumeria and palestine in the ancient times mm. and l had these other gods in this pantheon that was like Ashtaroth and um, Baal and these gods that are talked of as well, demons. Yeah, they talked of like as demons Baal. in, in, the, in the Bible. The of Baal get killed a lot. Because there was like an attempt to put them into a pantheon and then people still preferred one god over the other. And so at different times you realize like then it's a big question of like which one came first. These individual gods were just these individual groups of people and some king tried to mush them together into a pantheon yeah. or did the pantheon split apart at some point and wow. the people who believed in one god started fighting with each other. Interesting. And that happens all over the world. Right. And then the myths change. This is one of my favorite fun facts is that like agriculture develops and then we get all the resurrection stories. Yes. Because like seeds. the seasons. Uh, the plant dies and the seed falls from the plant and grows a new plant. And we go, well, that's kind of like God. Because we get more hints of God in our gardens than we do in our churches. And there's little, uh, that you pay attention to that miracle of that's the right. plant growth. That's right. That's a very mushroomy thing. <laughs> you know, when you're on mushrooms, you could look at a plant and go, that's it. 
You know what I mean? That's the sermon of the Buddha. He just holds up the flower. And if you really see the flower, you know that's all you need to know. We are sort of lucky that there are these mushrooms that our ancestors just picked periodically here and there. I know. It's like we were born into a Super Mario game and there was just like flowers that we could eat here and there. I know. And mushrooms. (laughs) Actual mushrooms. (laughs) I know. I'm so happy. So what do you, what do you, uh, I don't know why. I I guess I shouldn't be happy when people are into the things that I'm into, but for better or worse, I am. Well, it's interesting to talk about. I know how satisfying it is for me. It's interesting to talk about more than pilot season. That's absolutely (laughs) right. And you do need that balance. Otherwise, right. you will just be like driving around looking at billboards going like <laughs> singing Ray Charles. It should have been me. I love the guy who drives around looking at billboards. <laughs> you have to. They're everywhere. They're designed I, to you get your what? attention. I don't have any appointments today, so I'm going to drive around and look at billboards uh, and just feel jealous. It is so hot in here. We got to get the fuck out of here. It is. It's the sleepy it's, summer. It's sleep. hot in October. It's so fucking hot. Yeah, I know. Uh what do you think happens when we die? Do you think it's over, or do you think there's a chance for regeneration? I don't or, know. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that I get to go up somewhere and have the same consciousness that I do. Yeah. Same personality. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think. I think my body is usually eaten by some. It's eaten by germs or bugs or some animal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Something's yeah. gonna eat me. Well, that's literal. Unless and, unless I get burned. And what about your conscience? Cremated. Yeah. Uh, the same shit. You know, if there if there is a soul, if there's some kind of like complex electrical activity or magnet magnetism that's some kind of soul, then yeah, it gets dispersed pretty quickly probably when you die. Right. Like ink into water. Yeah. And I think I think the Armenians have a ritual where you you revisit the body a month after it's been buried just to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's a called, late wake. It's called hokey honkies, and you go there a month later to just to like be there at the very like just in case there's been a spirit lingering around the body. Really? Yeah, well, that's the whole idea about cremation is to help the spirit go. Well, that's not my home. Get out of here! I gotta go. <laughs> That's why they do it. They burn it up to go like, don't be attacked. I would love to have a Viking funeral, but as I found out from Odorus Arungus from uh, uh, what's the band? Um, uh, Weezer? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, you cut out my stumbles here because it's got to sound like I really knew this on the Never tip of my will. tongue. Never will. Um, I mean, unless you want me. To. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 there, people are shouting it at home. Onerous among us. Oh, Sounds oh, like they might be giants or something. No, close, close. But with the guys with the guar, guar. The guy from Guar died, and he wanted to have a Viking funeral, but it was like illegal. <laughs> So they had to have a. They had to do like a cremation, and then they had a. They did a Viking funeral for his costume, where they sent it out on the lake and they shot arrows of fire at it, and then sunk it into the water. Who's gonna? What cop? What sketch group cop is gonna stop yeah. that from happening? I'm on the burial squad. <laughs> My beat is Forest Lawn. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Very Burbank. I love it. <laughs> the Burbank PD has nothing better to do. Do you remember the hardest time you've laughed? That's how we always talk about God, and then it, it gets, you know. The, the hardest time I've laughed. Or one of them, or just a recent well, sure, one. Sure, sure. Uh, the, always the hardest time, our hardest laugh is when you're not supposed to. Of course. Um, you're right in the sweet spot. So I remember <laughs> when I was in college, I was uh, cast in a lot of plays. Me and my friend. Is there a show happening right now? I know. Yeah, it's loud. I, Why is it there at this hour? Be quiet. Yeah, stop killing. Stop. <laughs> Try to do okay. There, there was a. Um, but we, there, my friend Jenny and I were like 
big shot actors in the theater department. Uh-huh. We got cast in a lot of plays, and we were very fun because we were very funny. Yes. And so we got all the comedies, and we could also do Shakespeare and stuff like that. So um, and we were good. We were good on stage. And then there was like one play that we didn't do, and it was like a, it was like a triptych. There was like three plays in one two hour. Like Elohim. Sure. Yeah, it was a little. It was the Elohim series. And um, so we we went as the audience, but it was like kind of like it was like yeah, me and Jenny like uh, you should have berets and cigarettes. The top of the theater department. We went to see this play, and we we have notes. We no, we weren't trying to. Of we, course, I didn't want to be an asshole. I wasn't. Am I messing this up? No, if you lost audio, it's okay. just you. I didn't want to be like asshole, but like so, I went there. We were a little drunk <laughs> at intermission. Oh, it was it was head of gobbler. It was extremely boring. Head of Gobbler. I think it's Strindberg, the Swedish. Are these, very... the, are these the other people in Gwar? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these names? So it was either Ibsen or Strindberg, one of these boring, serious, very serious Swedish drama from the early 1900s. Perfect for a and so And so, you know, there's a whole scene where it's like someone staring with a clock on the wall behind them. Father, is it you? Father, is it you? And then silently, you know, it's just these silent, you have to pay attention and be like, wow, this is deep. So A, it wasn't the kind of play I would want to audition for. Right. Because <laughs> it was less fun than the kind of theater I wanted to do. Right. And but uh, B, and it was hyper-realistic, you know? Uh, but like two, like focusing on the boredom of life. And then uh, at intermission, I made the mistake of going out and getting Skittles. And this is week, and I didn't finish them. They were, they were for sale. In the concessions. Uh-huh. And I took half a bag of Skittles. Oh, yeah, just eating Skittles. Hey, great show, guys. Yeah, really good production. Can't wait to see the other half. And then we went back in. Black Box Theater, right? Uh, less than 80 people in the audience, let's say. Black Box Theater. Risers. There's risers with the seats and the plays happening on the floor. Uh, in, and it's and, and the, the theater's all black and it's dead silent just actors and silence words every few seconds the bag of skittles falls down in between my legs all in a moment of silence the skittles all through the risers of the chairs jenny knows it's me and we both know that we can't laugh because we would look like we're laughing at the play disrespecting our peers of course so we both are And we both have to start immediately. And I slam my legs shut. Um, The first time I would ever do it. I I slammed my legs shut. So the bag of Skittles is wedged in between my thighs mid-spill. After like 25 Skittles have fallen fully. And then they had to pause their acting as the last few Skittles were like... And we... Everyone was looking around like, who the fuck did that? And so we instinctively started looking around to Willy see who Ma- the fuck did that. Oh, you like, do? Like, no, yeah. Well, well like, well, like it must have been someone else. Like, Will- it was a fart or something, Willy you know? Wonka's in the crowd. Wasn't <laughs> me. Wasn't me. But we were trying so hard not to laugh. Oh. And then I swear to God, for the rest of the play, I had my legs as tightly shut as they could. Ugh. But I couldn't grab the bag of Skittles or it would finger me as the guilty one. Yes. So I had to just sit there, and then occasionally there would uh, one another Skittle would single. And I, 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 it was, we had to be, the play was over. 
<sighs> the applause were done. The curtain call. The audience left. We left carefully, like scooping it from the bottom of my pants to make sure there was some. It was like we had oh. to be forty yards clear of the theater department before we were just we died <laughs> laughing. Oh my god, that might be one of the best laughs <laughs> the world has known. That's it was, incredible. It was a major disturbance, and so now I know to be a little take it take it easy on the on the candy. So much of the rainbow had been tasted. You'll notice that a movie theater, you if you spill something, it's just on usually cement or something. Yeah, and it slides. It's, it's a just, slant. Yeah, and it's you can have raisinets and skittles and stuff, but they don't. There, there's no risers yeah, for yeah, them yeah, to yeah. fall through. Oh my god, that is an incredible greatest laugh story. Yeah, I love the laughs they can't have. It's the best. Where do you feel good? Oh yeah, I feel great. This is a fun, yeah, I feel fun great. chat. It's a great fun chat. Thank you for doing it. Overdue. Uh, so thank you for finally coming in. Would you say Paul Giamatti conceivably billions of dollars? And then, <laughs> and then, for me, please. And then the guest says, "Keep it crispy." At the end of the podcast, you've okay. done a live one. You say, "Keep it crispy." At the end, paint. We are talking about potentially billions of dollars. <laughs> It's fucking crispy. <laughs> and once is James. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That was great. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 